Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Amisha Gormley. We're two girls obsessed with one thing, beauty. beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We're calling on our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. With a drink in hand. Definitely with a drink in hand. <laughs> You're listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims. Oh my God, you're never gonna, you're never gonna believe this. Oh, you're I, never I, going to believe this. I mean, I believe it, and I'm so excited, and I just can't wait. Like, I don't even want to. I was just on spring break, and so were you. I was trying to be in a bikini. I was not on spring break. I was sitting in my house in New Jersey, watching you in your bikini. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I know where this is headed. We know where this is headed. We do, and it is headed with Dr. Roddy Raban. We're so excited to see you. Okay, he is a well-renowned plastic surgeon. I have known him for. Nine years. He is based in Beverly Hills, California. (laughs) I did three C-sections with him. He helped me have like the best. I will literally show people my scar. Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof because it's so amazing. He also has worked on many of my kids. Um, Because they fall and they're crazy and they run and they're not supposed to. Um, So he's sewn up a few few things with them. But he is amazing. We are going to be talking all things plastic surgery. He has an incredible podcast called Plastic Surgery Uncensored. He's straightforward. He's fucking brutally honest. So honest that... While we were getting ready for this podcast, I I'm, I did a consultation, Amisha. I did it while I was changing. I did my own consultation I when you went you. to the bathroom. I did saw you? you. I saw you. I did. I also just want to, for the record, if you're listening and not watching, just say that he is also a very dapper, well-dressed man. Dapper. Roddy, I appreciate that. Roddy yeah. is sitting here in a jean jacket. We're like, where's your scrubs? Because we're going to talk about and your And in scrubs. some very tight jeans. And in some very tight I jeans. I hope not too tight. No, just, just tight enough. All right, Perfect. Dr. Roddy, let's take it back. Let's do it. Let's take it back. Nine years ago, I met you through Michelle Hakaka. Our dear friend. Our dear friend who will hopefully come on our lovely podcast. Um, and she was like, I know this great guy. He can help you with your scar. She was like, I'm a great OB, but he's better at... At C-section scars. She no. delivers, I close. We each have our... <laughs> don't ask me to deliver. It'll be, it'll be bad. <laughs> but what's best, he's like a plastic surgeon in the delivery room slash cameraman. Videographer, that's slash, right. Slash, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. Like, he's there in the beginning, middle, and end. But on the last one with Gray, Cedar's 
I delivered at Cedar sinai here in Los Angeles, was on a shutdown. So basically, they were only deliver a baby if it was an emergency. And because I was a scheduled C-section, actually, no, no, I wasn't. That was on Scarlet. What was the one where you? They, it was a mandatory that you wore the scrubs oh, yes. from Cedars. Yeah, well, they they always do that to me. I have to come in and I have to somehow hide and change into their he shitty does scrubs. He like the the scrubs, <laughs> so he ended up wearing Dr. Michelle's scrubs, women's scrubs, because he wanted them to feel. <laughs> he wanted them to be more fitted. I was like, "Why do you have?" And the women, reason is why women's scrubs are. Well, I just don't like. I, I just don't like. I don't like the scrubs at the at Cedars are recycled scrubs that have been used for like twenty five years by everybody. It's just so gross. it's a fabric thing, not a fit thing. I hate no, mostly a fabric thing, and the fact that they're just it's Dustin. like they're using other people. I don't know. They obviously wash them, <laughs> but I just don't I, like I the it. idea of. I don't know. Just gross. I don't. Not for me. <laughs> You're amazing, and honestly, he is—he's so great. He works with cancer patients, reconstructive surgery. We're going to talk about all the botched work that we've seen lately, and but we're get straight into it. Mommy we're makeover. Both moms, mommy makeover. Okay, Let's do it. So, what do you want to know? You, everything. Everything. We want to know everything. Okay, you have. I was telling them you have a basically a mommy makeover manual. I do. I want you to talk about that. When a woman comes to you, I want to, I want you to take us through the beginning. Someone, me, <laughs> Emisha Gormley calls Dr. Roddy, calls Shirley. She calls her in your office and she's like, I want an appointment with Dr. Roddy. What happens next? I mean, the reality is we live in an unusual time. So the fact is that most people do a tremendous amount of homework before they show up. The work occurs at your coffee table with your, you know, your Chardonnay or a cup of coffee, a highlighter, a it used to be a laptop. Now it's a phone. And you do a boatload of research. You go on there and it starts out by you're like, um, I, I think I'm done having kids. Oh, God, I hate my pooch. What's going on with my breast? Your husband tells you you're beautiful. You don't think you feel beautiful. You get into your bathing suit. You don't fill in the f- bathing suit it used to. You kind of pose in front of the mirror. You're like, gross. <laughs> and little by little, you edge yourself closer and closer to being like, God, maybe I need to do something. At the same time, you're flipping through photos of people celebrities, quote unquote, and you're looking at images and you're like, wow, what the, how is that possible? She just gave birth to like triplets. First of all, she doesn't look like that. That's (laughs) that's number one. Let's start out with that. They're all Photoshopped. I have to start out with that. They're all body tuned and face tuned and filtered and whatever, or standing with their arm over their head or whatever the case is. But the reality is that you see these- Dr. Roddy, it's called elongating for the yes, belly. Yes, yes, I know. With the arm up, it elongates yes. the center, the center stomach. Yes, you just do one of these like yes. seductress type of things. <laughs> and all like of a sudden- like, It's like we're swans. You'd think after 18 years of friendship with her, I'd know how to pose in a photo. I well, still stand so awkwardly. She is actually a professional. I know, so, I, I mean, know. it's not just But some... you'd think I'd pick up a tip Thank here you. and there. Thank you So you do all those things and you're online. And so what I tried to do is I tried to get into your, assist you in that process before you get, because I think by the time you've gotten to a few doctors, if you haven't done sufficient homework, you're fucked. And let me explain you why, because you're already in the wrong place. And once you're in the wrong place, it's very hard to get out of that place. You're under the impression that when you're in a doctor's office, you're in a safe zone. 
and you're not. You're not in any place safe at all. Wait, okay, but make sure you say that again and say that again. You're so, not in a safe zone no, just because you're in a doctor's no, office. No, not at all. And the reality is, and I'll elaborate why that is in a second, but you're under this presumption that, okay, well, I'm here. It's a great office. It's clean. The doctor seems to be quite professional. I've looked at some of these before and afters. Look at all these testimonials. I'm in a good place. Yet we all know people who have gotten botched, and we know more and more and more of them. Why is there more and more information and more and more botched surgeries? Just Have you ever asked yourself that? Why, no. why is it that brain tumors gotten better? Like operating on brain tumors, we've gotten better. Transplants gotten better. But we're doing more and more botched surgery because we're pushing the envelope. People who aren't trained are doing it. People are going in thinking it's nothing. They're doing less homework more th- rather than more homework. Looking at Instagram photos is not homework. That's not homework. That's like dreaming. So what I said is that I tried to make that process more academic. Everyone hates that concept. Like, oh, it's so boring. Can I just look at some photos? Can I, I do you love going down your site and looking yes. at photos. I'm sorry. Yeah, photos are good because they give you some idea, but they don't take the place of what you need to do. So back up. You know, you know, I do a tremendous amount of work with moms. Moms are one of the areas that I focus because naturally at my age, I'm 50. A lot of my friends are moms. It's just sort of that age that I'm in. I love taking care of moms because they're just awesome. They're healthy. They have great, great potential. If you do good work, they just catapult into happiness. They enjoy their kids more. They have intimate relationships. I can't tell you how many times people come in and said like, holy shit, I turn on the lights. I let my husband grab my abdomen. We had great sex. Do you know how happy that makes me feel? Like I was a facilitator of intimacy between your husband and I, and it wasn't a threesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, so I made this manual. I made, it took me like two years and I made this site called Beauty After Baby. So I have my own website, RoddyRaban.com. It's got everything you need to know. And then I said, you know what? F it. I'm going to make a website just devoted to moms. And it took me forever it's like a bazillion pages and it's got a manual, it's got a quiz, it's got everything. So if you knew nothing and you were like, you came out from under a rock and you said, God, I want to, I want to do surgery. What do I need to know? And you didn't have friends that did it and you didn't know famous doctors and you were in, let's say, Minnesota. You didn't have the luxury that we kind of all have, like everyone knows like two surgeons, like, oh yeah, I have my, my friend's for a surgeon, like as if they're your buddy. But like... <laughs> But most people don't just call up their buddy who's a plastic surgeon. Like, you I don't do. know anybody. I yes, do. but you know. So with that site is Beauty After a Baby. And in that site is this plastic surgery manual. And it's all the information you need to know so you can download it and take it with you to Dr. X in Chicago. Or, hey, what do I need to ask? Am I a good candidate? Am I ready? You know, we were talking earlier, like, what do you mean, am I ready? I've had my kids. I'm okay, ready. Yeah, I'm let's ready. Let's really talk about that because I've gone to see <laughs> How many times have I? How many I've times got, have you and have you and I spoken? Okay, don't judge me, whoever's listening. But I, I have gone to see him after every baby. I'm like, what do I need? He goes, no, come back. I'm like, no, please, nope, come back. Are you done having kids? Maybe, nope, come back. First and foremost, you're a unicorn. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, people who watch you and follow you, they do so because. You are that perfect balance of like, wow, she's so hot and incredible and holy shit, she's so down to earth. But the truth is that not everybody is lucky that way. My wife is that way. She's 5'11". She eats Cheetos and, and whatever and she's got a six pack. I don't though. I no, have no, worked no, very no, hard. No. I'm not, I'm not no, your wife. I'm, no, but I understand. my wife also hasn't had three children <laughs> out of her abdomen as you have. But what I mean by that is that an average, and by average I don't mean any disrespect, but the average person 
eats reasonably well, works out, doesn't have the genetic predisposition, had maybe a kind of a little heavier ba- a pregnancy, and next thing you know, you're behind the eight ball. Like, what happened? I'm raising my hand right here, right here next to Dr. Right, <laughs> so we're talking more, um, so I operate on people when they're ready, when they're good candidates, not when they're ready. Most people are ready when they're flabbergasted. Like, I'm ready, I'm over it. And if you're not at the ideal weight, you still have a lot of excess. You're well, talk not- about talk about the the weight and why it's good to lose it before, and talk about the results from that. Okay, so the, the I always tell patients the big question is, what do you want? Do you want an average result or do you want an amazing result? Naturally, they're like, of course, I want an amazing result. Well, there's no magic. Oh, I've looked at your website. You do amazing work. Yeah, because I know exactly which pitch to swing at. My batting average is incredible because I don't swing at every goddamn pitch. When you come in and you're a curveball going 200 miles an hour, I'm going to let it pass. And so part of it is being the right patient to have the right outcome. So you come in, you're 5'3", you're 182, right? You're full everywhere and you're like, I'm ready. Just suck <laughs> it all out and let's go. Why do I need to go diet and exercise? That's why I'm paying you. But you're not going to get that. You're not going to be that gal on my gallery who you're looking at and going, holy smokes. It's because that gallery is 5'7", weighs 138, 142, lost a ton of weight, has a strong core, has a boatload of loose skin, a few targeted areas of some extra troubling fat, has lost some breast tissue or uh, and some volume and has sagging but has a good frame. That person, I can make a Picasso out of that. <laughs> You guys think that it's just this. And then so what happens is you look at these results online and most of them are not real. I know. And that's the problem. And I feel horrible for patients. So my job is to try. And why I said you're not in a safe place is you you go into Dr. Schmo and you're like, I'm ready, doctor. I'm ready. I want to I want to move forward. And then they're like, "Okay," And you're like, "Okay, Yeah. Okay, You're ready to go. And the truth and is, they'll you, do the fancy machines. Well, they're like, I, and then you'll get <laughs> and you'll get a shitty outcome. And I have done recently, I want to say maybe a dozen tummy tucks in women who have never had children in their early thirties. Wow. Why? Why would I do that? Because they've had liposuction followed by liposuction followed by this machine followed by that machine trying to get rid of the stubborn fat when in reality they were just a little bit overweight and they would have tweaked it. You have four children, three children, you got hanging skin and separated muscles, which we'll talk about. It doesn't matter if you got a private chef and Pilates, you have damage that's occurred. You are an anomaly, not that you don't work out and you work hard, but there's women that it just looks like a bomb went off. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? And you go on my gallery, and I have a gal who I who has become a very dear friend. I did her on Inside Edition or Extra, one of these. She was a almost a professional figure skater. I mean, she was, you should see her before photos. I mean, muscular, fit, ripped. She had three kids, literally looked like an alien was coming out of her abdomen. I mean, I can show you the photos. It's like like a bomb went off in her abdomen. And she went and saw seven surgeons. Was that because of diastasis? Correct. She went and saw seven. She lives in Dallas. She went and saw like seven guys. They're like, you're going to lose your belly button. You're going to lose the skin. You need mesh. Forget about it. You should just live with it. Wear a binder. I mean, she couldn't even pick up her kids. And now she looks like a swimsuit model. But she was a great candidate. And so those people need good guidance. And so all I try to tell patients is... Do your homework. And your homework isn't stopped at Instagram or, or, or now it's shit, it's TikTok or the next stupid thing that comes on, which is gimmicky. Everything you use is just a little helpful. Reviews, they can be faked. 
before and after photos can be tweaked. World-renowned is a useless word. I mean, I don't even know why anyone fucking uses that word. World-renowned means I traveled, so therefore I'm world-renowned. You know, there's no safe place anymore. And so you have to take all those items, put them together, and then create an idea, and then you got to go see a few people. And then you start your process. So, you know, I don't know how else to say it. For example, you know how many people have gotten gotten liposuction by an OBGYN that's a cosmetic surgeon? You know I talk about this constantly, constantly. I know. Emma's just like looking at me like, with, what yeah, is that? You, so you, you have no idea. So let me people. tell you how this works. So everyone listening, this is probably the best two cents of, this is the best thing you're going to learn. So naturally you say, God, I want to do my nose. I want to do my belly, my breast, whatever. And you go, okay, I'm going to go to a plastic surgeon. So you go online and you Google it, and then you come across Dr. Schmo. And Dr. Schmo is a cosmetic surgeon, so pay attention. Plastic surgeon, cosmetic surgeon, totally different. Cosmetic- Did you know that? No. No. When you go to doctor school and you become a doctor, then you go to residency, which is your training, and you decide, I want to be a neurologist, pediatrician, ENT, orthopedist, and plastic surgeon. It is one of those categories. When you decide... You, you decide you were a general surgeon and you're like, I'm tired of taking out gallbladders. You can go and become a cosmetic surgeon. An OBGYN can go be a cosmetic surgeon, an orthopedist. So there are orthopedists doing liposuction. There are ENTs doing breast dogs. There are OBGYNs doing brachioplasties. It is the wild, wild west. Really? Absolutely no questions. I've had people who went and got a facelift from an ophthalmologist. Stop it. What are you talking about? All day long. All day long. I've had doctors show up in my office who've seen other surgeons, and I always ask because I find it so fascinating, who else have you seen? They say so-and-so. How do they get that qualification? So first and foremost, everyone assumes there's this umbrella overriding, like, watchdog. Like, well, isn't some, how's that, who's supervising them? What do you mean who's supervising? No one. You have your medical degree. In theory, you can pretty much do anything you Mm -hmm. want. Now, listen, listen, the only person regulating this are the facilities. So I, Dr. Roddy Raban, who's a board certified plastic surgeon, cannot go into Cedar sinai Medical Center and deliver Molly's baby because they won't give me privileges to do that. But it doesn't say that I couldn't. I could if I could find somewhere that would allow me. So where do you do cosmetic surgery? In a private cosmetic surgery center. Who owns that cosmetic surgery center? I do. I own my own center. I give myself privileges. I can do whatever the hell I want in my center. I can remove your pituitary head tumor if I can do it in my center. So that is really, really important slash frightening. So when people said, I did my homework, he seemed well qualified. And then they add all these letters to themselves. The American Board of Liposuction Specialists of South America. What? What is that? ACGQW. And so, you know, there's all these things. So I tell people, plastic surgeon, board certified. That's it. Everything else is is a knockoff. That's like saying Hermes. That's it. There, everything else is like from China, yeah, it's a duplicate. It's a fake. That is crazy. I all mean, the time. All the but time. But I want to go back to your your point that you made about being ready for liposuction. I actually I had a, a situation where I knew a girl who got liposuction, and truly, you couldn't tell. I hate to say it. I remember she got it, and it was like waiting for you know the results. And it was you know she was like, oh, I'm swollen, so it's going to take a little while to see the difference. And I swear to God, never saw the difference. I really? hate. Never saw the difference. Not that she was, she was never. She was never an overweight person. I know. To begin Why with. do you hate liposuction? Okay. okay, let me tell you how this works. Okay, so liposuction. 
God, there's so many things I hate about it. I have a question about that after yeah. too. Number one, for let's just describe what it is. You take a long straw, mm. you mm. stick it inside the the body, Ugh. and you remove little globlets of fat. So that's what we're doing, okay? No more elegant than that. We're literally removing little cubes of fat, ripping them out with a straw. Okay, fine. What it requires are the following things. It requires the skin that's left to snap back and become super tight and fixed all over the area that you just shrunk in. So the analogy, because I love analogies, is I go into my bedroom, I remove the pillow that's in the pillowcase, and I put a smaller pillow in it. What happened to the pillowcase? It got all wrinkly. It doesn't look good. That's why you picked the right pillowcase for the right pillow so it looks good on your bed. When you liposuction someone, you're hoping, praying that the skin will snap back. It never does. So what do you get in a year to two years? Not three months, not the honeymoon period. One to two years, you get, God, what's this irregularity I have? And oh, this looks kind of shitty. I never had this dent before. God, my skin feels a little... You've disconnected the skin from the underlying muscles because you went back and forth with that straw. And in addition to all the little globlets of fat, you remove some connective tissue. So number one, it never is smooth. You can't make a smooth street with cobblestone. You make a smooth street with asphalt. So you're removing little plucks of fat and then you want to know why it's like undulated and kind of irregular two you want the skin to snap back and be tight it never does it only snaps back if you're like 18 but if you're 27 32 god forbid you had a kid forget about it really yes so then i have a question about it too because i actually remember i know another girl who you actually know when she was very young she modeled and she had liposuction in certain areas of her body and Oh, she told yes. me that fat cells, when they're removed from the body, they don't come back. They go to different regions of her body. So actually ended up having kind of like a very disproportionate body because she ended up, when she stopped modeling, gaining weight. And her body, where she had had the liposuction, she never gained the weight back. So she had this like really sort of small midsection, but then her arms got like really fat. Is that true? So there's an urban legend, and the urban legend goes as follows. When I liposuction you one area, you're, you will then gain weight elsewhere. And the actual fact is, that's not true. That's an mm. urban legend. Mm. However, what happens is it depends on the person. So if you're very aggressive and you liposuction, let's say hypothetically the abdomen, and then they gain weight, whatever area they remove the fat, that fat's gone. It's in the garbage can. Bye-bye. It's, it's finished. So you're not gaining weight elsewhere. You just have more fat in other areas, so it looks disproportionately heavier. It's not that it's going, the fat says, oh, I'm now going to go elsewhere. It doesn't go elsewhere. You just don't have fat in those areas. And it, it really is the case where when you do it young and then you get older, and everyone gains his weight when they get older and their body changes. There's so many things wrong with liposuction, I can't even tell you. Of all the things that I do revisional, which is unfortunate, like, 40% of my practice is revisional. Is it's botched. It's bo noses. Weird breast augs that are like encapsulated and sitting up high. Tummy tucks where the belly button looks like something like, like some alien. Scars that are thickened and really, really rich and like high. High. Like you've seen 1,000 before and after photos. What woman in her right mind will go get a tummy tuck and then wear her underwear like a centimeter from her <laughs> belly button? Why would you do that? You do that because a scar is up there. What do you think the biggest mistake um, people make when getting surgery? God, that's a great question. I want to say that they use their emotion to make the decision. My wife's having her fourth spine surgery in a month. It's been the worst experience of both of our lives. We don't make the spine surgery decisions based on emotion. We make those medically based decisions. 
Plastic surgery is the only surgery you do that has an emotional component. Okay, but I want to talk about that because a lot of people are going to sit here, oh, Molly Sims talking about, you know, plastic surgery. I do believe if there is something bothering you, if there is some part of you that feels less confident, less sexy, that makes you feel bad about yourself, that has always bothered you, I am a proponent. Oh, hell yeah. I, I am. I, I, you know, and, and, and listen, my mom's not around anymore. Dr. Roddy knew her well, but my mom was the same. You know what I mean? Like, she was active. You know, she, she took care of herself. She exercised. She ate well. We have friends of ours who, you know, I'm like, your nose has bothered you for 21 years. 21 years as an adult. She's in her 40s, and she still talks about her nose. No, and I she still talks right. about her boobs. She lost an, a massive amount of weight. She's so healthy and so just unbelievably awesome. Emotionally, she just can't get there. Do you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. I don't love when people... So that what you're talking about is 100% true. Because, you know, there's there's usually two schools of, of this. Most people like to poo-poo plastic surgery. Like, if you don't love yourself, then this is a mistake. You got to love yourself from the inside out. Don't do it for other people. And there's all these statements we make, and they're all based on generalizations. I transform, I witness myself, the transformation of people on a daily basis. As small as, literally as small as, a mole being removed off of your cheek that literally paralyzes you in conversation, oh, that's crazy. No, it's not. People have insecurities to as large as these, I lost 230 pounds and now I live with this skin and you allowed me to put on a bathing suit. I saw a 16-year-old girl yesterday with her parents who will not get eye contact and walks around hunched over because she developed very large breasts at an early age and she she doesn't want to go onto the tennis team, which she's very good at, because she doesn't want to have to change in front of the other girls. I can tell you story after story of very normal, very well-adjusted, very loving. What, when is it too young? It depends on what you're doing. If a kid has a cleft lip and palate, we fix it as a neonate. This is what I was saying the other I day. I also you thought you're very good with reconstructive surgery but, but, with this is, but this is, but to, you know, the, oh, what a waste you should be doing reconstruct. This is the same. It's no different if you burn your arm, listen to me, than if you're born with some really ginormous nose that causes you incredible insecurity. We say it is, but it's not because the scar on your arm is no different than the large nose because the net effect of it is that when you're interacting with the world, you don't feel outside the way you feel inside. And so I 100% agree with you. The conversation we're having today isn't that you shouldn't do plastic surgery. 100% you should. You just need to do it correctly. I also think that there's something to be said about the fact that we look at women and, you know, we're both in our 40s. I look at women in their 40s 20, 30 years ago, and they looked old. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I just think that women now in our generation, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to say the future generations, we look at ourselves, take care of ourselves, and really put more effort into sure. our youth. And I'm not saying maintaining and clinging to our youth in some sort of pathetic way, but in a really confident way and owning it. And I think that sort of vitality and that energy and that youthfulness is something really exciting because people are also having kids later in life. And all of that, I think, is a confidence booster. Like, I think that women that get married later in life, have children later in life, are more confident and in turn are raising more confident girls. Like, I think all of that actually has a 
benefit to society. And I'm not saying plastic surgery is the answer to all of it, but I think that things that you do as you're aging to instill that confidence, if that's what it makes you feel. Like if you want to get a filler in your face because that's what you feel is going to make you feel better. Do it. Do do it. There should be no judgment. There should be nothing that anyone says and frowns upon if that's what's going to make you look in the mirror and feel good about yourself. There's a difference between tweaking and and doing – there's a difference between that and what has now – gone into your boobs, your butt. I mean, so that's exactly what we're talking about. So just like everything else, you take a gun, that gun can literally save your life. It can save your life. At the same time, it could kill someone. Someone accidentally could rob you and kill you with the same gun that you use to save your children's life. So plastic surgery, as it's becoming more commonplace, as it's becoming more understood, as it's becoming more practiced, as it's become more acceptable, you're getting the flip side, which is you're getting beautiful women who, by the way, we're talking about women only because this conversation happens to be with two beautiful women, but I have 25% of my patients are men. So this definitely is not never. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, excuse me. So, so but, but you're getting all these incredibly more positive experiences and you're getting equally by the same gun, terrible experiences. I had a patient of mine that died. She was a patient of mine that we're doing on our podcast. We're launching her soon out of tribute to her. She came to me for a botched lip reduction. So again, she went in, she went out of stuff, injected her lips, looked terrible. And then she went and had it removed and it was a terrible removal. So she came to me. That's how I came to know her. And she's in one of these influencers and one of these people who lives sort of like how models historically in the past would do drugs to stay skinny and push their envelope. Mm -hmm. Now they're doing these injections and things to push that envelope because our beauty changed. It used to be thin, you eat cotton balls, and now you have to be curvy, so you have to go get all this crap injecting you. Nonetheless, she was one of those influencers, and she died doing one of these procedures in Colombia. Yeah. And so there are. And it's such a trend. Big butts, huge boobs, hoops, like lips. Is that changing or do you, are you seeing no, more I mean, of it? Are you seeing less no, of it? No, I see what my practice drives. My practice drives based on my personality. So I don't see those things because those people don't seek me out because those people are looking online for such practitioners. So in my bubble, I don't see it. But in the larger sense of things, we see a lot of it. All I can do is do my podcast put the message out there. We reach constantly out to influencers, asking them to parlay our information out there because, you know, it's happening and it's young girls are getting it done and you feel you feel the same pressure. It was, it's just, that's just the human condition. The sad thing is though, that isn't even from plastic surgery. That's from filters yeah. and Photoshopping and face tuning. And it's, not even, I mean, it's not even attainable, people taking out ribs. I mean, it's... Right. So, I think so, that's the difference. I think that's there's a difference between improving what you have and there's a difference between then entirely changing it. And that's, that's I think, you know... So who should be doing all this? Who should be the one regulating this? The damn doctors. The problem is this. You're always going to have the enticement. You're always going to be that desire humanity isn't going to change. You think that it's this now? You don't think during Cleopatra they all wanted to look like, you know, put rings around their necks? And there's always a desire. Tattooing existed centuries. Where the bottleneck is, where the control should come in, is through the practitioner. That's the problem. A child wanting to have ice cream for breakfast is not unusual. A parent that feeds a child ice cream for breakfast, now we got a problem. You know what? Don't judge me, okay? Okay, so fine. (laughs) Honestly. I mean, I'm talking about every day. 
kidding. So my biggest gripe is on the practitioners. And when this thing cracked open and people started doing this that weren't really well trained or ethically, morally so sound. So this patient goes in, it's a young girl. She's very impressionable. She has her little page. She wants to look better. She's getting hungry for likes, right? That's yeah. not the abnormal part. That's yeah. humanity. So she seeks out a practitioner and that practitioner is the one to say, hey, you know, you know what? You're No, I don't think so. I don't think it's a good idea. But that's not happening because they're getting it, right? And they're, and they're doctor shopping. Oh, yeah. oh my God. I mean, like crazy because they can. It's a, it's a buyer's market, so to speak. I haven't cheated on you. No, you haven't. And that's why you look amazing, because I won't touch you. <laughs> You're going to one day. One I'm going day. to force you to do my arms, and well, there will be no scars. And then I'm going to do a couple other things, but we're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> no, but I, I appreciate that, because remember when I wanted to do my upper lip, and Levine would, was like, I'm not touching it, and it took me a lot to get him. I mean, I went for two years, and I was like, my upper lip is getting thin. And he looked at me, and he goes, listen, he goes, I'm not going to tell you that if I put something in your upper lip and I took a picture of just your mouth that it wouldn't look good. He goes, of course it would. But then I would look at your whole face and it won't look right. And it took two years and he finally, finally put a little bit in, but he, he was, finally he, broke because you broke he, him. I, I broke him down. Molly but, and I are still arm wrestling. Yeah, yeah we're still been, arm wrestling. <laughs> but, he was, still, everything. But, it, but he, you know, I appreciated that because it was, he was very reasonable with me. He was like, it's just. Well, but he's a legit guy. He's reputable. Uh, he's legit. He's you legit. know, you can see that, right? He's a legit guy who's reputable, who's well-educated, who's well-intentioned. That's way different. Just like there are all kinds of, you know, you know, this, I'm going to say, just like there's all kinds of police officers. Yeah. You know, a couple of bad apples and then some amazing police officers. The same thing is with physicians as it is with clergy, as it is with everything else. So you're lucky. You have a good guy. Stay with him. He actually gave me a very interesting fact. I'm curious what your take is on it because I just saw him this weekend. He said that his average age for facelifts has gone down to 47 years old. Correct. Wow. That's true. The average, I don't want to say the average, but we do do facelifts in younger people in that, in that. But like a mini, right? Correct. And explain what a mini is. So, I mean, the terms the terms are part of the problem, which is that we create terms like a mini tuck. Oh, I just need a mini tuck. I want a mini tuck. I know you do. <laughs> That's why I threw it out there. But I want we, what I want my butt to be lifted and my skin to be tighter. Done. And my arms to be thinner. At the break. Okay. Do we have to break and then we can come back? Yeah, we will. So um, a mini facelift is essentially a facelift, but you need much less. So let's take this scenario. At 50, most people, again, the unicorn not, but most people develop some jowls. They develop a little bit, a little bit of a sulcus or depression. They start to get a little marionette and they have a little bit of looseness underneath their neck. Those four things happen. A marionette, a little jowl, a little depression in front of that jowl, and a little loose skin. That's at 48, 52, 54, right? You fast forward that same person, 60, then 70. Then all those four things become greater. Your jowl becomes like obvious. Your marionette, which is the part that goes from your mouth to your jaw, that gets really deep. Your neck waddle doubles. And then you're a great candidate. So the question and the reason why we do it earlier now is we do a lesser surgery right. because there's lesser of an issue on a younger patient. And talk about threads. Do you believe oh in threads? Oh, my God. Don't get me started. Okay, I, I know, but I got to ask you. Yeah, this you gotta, is my job. Yes. Okay. So I am a firm, firm believer. If it's too good to be true, it's not true. It's just mm. that goddamn simple. It really is. There is no such thing as a painless 
recoveryless, risk-free, affordable, <laughs> amazing procedure. You understand? If there was, I would be doing it like if there was a machine that could tighten the skin of your breast or your face or your belly, I would buy 15 of them. I would buy all f- I 15. I would have one in my house. I would <laughs> I would get myself 15 nurses and I would be printing dollar bills. <laughs> what am I crazy? I just did a 6-hour surgery before I came my, I I have nothing better to do. You did 6-hour surgery before you came here? Yes. But What'd my you do? I did a breast reduction. It was amazing. It was it was very 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 big. <laughs> very big. <laughs> What's the number one thing people come to you for? Um, I split my practice up on purpose. You know, uh, you know, people say, oh, what are you, what, what's your specialty? And then I'm like, I do everything. Oh, no, no, you can't possibly do everything. You must, I know I only do the right eyelid. That's my specialty, the right <laughs> eyelid. I don't do the left. I send them out. I, I, I do a little of everything because, you know, for example, I love noses. It's maybe 40% of my practice. After my third nose, I did my niece, two nieces' noses. I'm just like, oh, I'm so stressed out. I can't take any, because I, I stress. He does stress. I stress, I mean, honestly. I stress over everything. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting the, here. All I'm doing I'm now is thir- punching no, my chin. No, listen, I am having my third baby. I go into labor. It's very stressful. We call him in the middle of the night. I'm supposed to, I'm scheduled for the next day. Great, definitely, as Roddy knows. NICU came in, came very fast. And then Lottie Da over here was like, everybody was more relaxed. I'm like, what is taking yeah. so long? I'm I like, take longer to close than the delivery. I'm like, I, I, mean, got, I got to be my baby. And the baby was like, uh, like Ray was like up to my ear. And I'm like, just put the baby on me because I'm like, I'm literally going to be here for like, I mean, you go into layers and layers but I, but and layers I, but of but skin. I'm, but I'm, be stressed. But, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a neurotic Jew. <laughs> It's part of our generational DNA. And as a result, I care. And when you're stressed, it means you give a shit. And you can't do, you can't get into a, let me tell you something. Every time you get into a ring with a lion, it can eat you. Even if you're a lion tamer and if you knew that as a cub. That's just the reality of playing with lions or playing with fire. And so to me, surgery is something that is incredibly stressful it's an honor, and you have to take it seriously. When I take a mole off, I think about the worst-case scenario. What if the sutures pop open? What if you get an infection? Now you have a huge scar. It's a goddamn mole. Nope, it can go terribly awry. All the way to a facelift or a mommy makeover or body contouring surgery. So, what is there? Is there anything that's trending now that you see that people, like, or if you look into yeah, 2022, 2023, yeah. what's happening? What's trending is all this Mickey Mouse shit. <laughs> the threads, the lip this, the filler that, the machine this, anything that is sounds awesome that I can run out and do is trending. What are your real thoughts on filler? Because I actually think that I find it very, I very rarely see filler on women's face look right. So here's my thoughts on filler. So first and foremost, it's not the filler that's gone wrong. It's the injector. So that's, let's begin with that. So I'm going to make you an, an incredible, incredible, you notice that everything I'm going to tell you is through analogies. I'm going to make you the most incredible beef stroganoff. Okay. So I make it with you with a pinch of salt. The next guy makes it with a tablespoon and the next guy makes it with a spoonful. You eat the spoonful recipe and you're like, God, beef stroganoff is disgusting. Is it? Salt is terrible, is it? No, the chef put too much salt in this recipe and therefore effed up the beef stroganoff because beef stroganoff is fantastic when done correct and used too much salt and salt's not the issue. The issue is the idiot who made this. So back to what I was saying to you, filler is a wonderful tool. 
It is a tool, much like a gun, much like a sword, much like a screwdriver. And when used correctly, it is phenomenal. Do you understand what phenomenal means? It's like incredible that we have this tool that I can go into and knows that was done that doesn't look as good that I would have to have taken apart and spend five hours put together and with a little filler skillfully make it look amazing. What are you talking it about? It is amazing what they can do with filler with However, houses. however, when it's done incorrectly, it looks awful. So the reason is there are too many idiots yeah. doing it. Nurse injectors, this person, that spa, PA this, PA that. So when you walk into a party, you're not paying attention to the three women that look amazing. Because they look amazing. You're yeah. looking at the four women that look, what's up with her cheeks? They're like chipmunks. They every, well, listen, they look, they, everyone eventually becomes, looks the same. So all these women morph into super high eyebrows, right? No nasolabial fold. Super high cheekbones slowly encroaching underneath the you eyelids. You showed me the girl that like with her botched Botox with oh, her eye. What the happened? Eye. That was that, that was, was. They put Botox, it migrated, and it dropped into their eyelid, and it knocked out the eyelid muscle for another Two months, and she'll look Quasimodo for two months. So we sh we have to hit some rapid. fire I know fire we have questions. to hit some rapid fire because right, that's right. what we do. Okay, favorite fire questions. Favorite Go cocktail. Uh, tequila now because I'm gluten free. Used to be scotch. What book are you reading? I don't read books. <laughs> Morning, noon, or night. Morning. What annoys you? Stupid people. Coffee or tea? Coffee. What'd you eat for breakfast? Coffee. Favorite <laughs> indulgence. Favorite indulgence. Oh. I'm not an indulgent kind of guy. That sucks. Now that you said that, I feel how I'm, I'm so boring. Most underrated procedure. Chin augmentation. Hmm. Interesting. What's the first thing you do in the morning? Shower. One surgery trend you've never been a fan of? Ugh, only one? Fat transfer to the butt? It's bad, huh? It usually is bad. You, you have to take a boatload of fat from everywhere. So you have to steal from Paul to pay Peter. So you make this stunning, beautiful, amazing, round, juicy butt, and you have loose arms, loose belly, loose inner thighs, loose back, all these ripples, because you know you have to steal the bank. Did you always want to be a plastic surgeon? I wanted to be an architect. What is the one item you could never live without? My cars. What compliment does people give you the most? That I look like Andy Garcia. You do! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Indy Garcia is a very good friend of mine and you do if you last question if you were a superhero what would your powers be to fly you're a badass you know that this was so much fun I love you I he's mean, the best. I'm like, can you get rid of that for you me? You can. You're the best. You're Thank the you best. For You're the best. Me. You guys Thank can you. find him at drrodyraban.com. Go see him. He is locally here in LA Basin. Check um, out Plastic Surgery Uncensored, Uncensored, you guys. Uncensored and Beauty After Baby. No joke. He has a serious mommy makeover manual that every woman should definitely download if you're considering having plastic surgery, especially after having kids. He's brutally honest. Really funny. And wears his scrubs way too fucking tight. I know. But you're the best. And I, one day, it one won't day. be my children. Wow. It will be, well, I will be me back. And it won't be having a baby, boo. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll see you next week at our appointment. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, be sure to tune in. You guys are going to be obsessed. We're obsessed. We're obsessed. We're obsessed. We're obsessed. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Emma Shagormali. We are so excited to bring you guys along on this journey with us. 
You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim and at Molly B. Sims or my website where you can dive deeper into our favorite products and more at mollysims.com. This podcast is a joint production between Dear Media and Pod People. A very, very special thanks to Ashley Gasparian, Schaefer Carrillo, Ann Fuse, Matt Sath, Alana Goldwasser, Brittany High, Michelle Harrison, and everyone at Dear Media. Make sure to follow Lipstick on the Rim and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts so you never ever, ever miss out on the fun.